How many of you appreciated the worship and spending time in the presence of God this morning? Uh, great word by Joyce. Those of you that don't know Joyce that uh, comes and shares uh, every once in a while, her and uh, Robin, uh, Robin heads our intercessor uh, ministry as well as uh, uh, island-wide intercessor ministry. And, and Joyce is uh, the founder of Feed My Sheep on the island, and she also... Um, she has been mentored by Cindy Jacobs, which is like a nationwide intercessor and part of all different kinds of intercessory groups and has, has taught in China to different churches um, and all kinds of stuff. She's like amazing. So it's really a privilege to have uh, people like Robin and Joyce in our church and, uh, and to, to hear what God is speaking um, through what God is talking to them about. So um, I see Danny in church this morning. We, we talked about you last week. I don't know if, if, if people told you, but um, if you guys want to, Danny, could you raise your hand? So he's the guy that we were talking about last week that him and my dad went around Valley Isle and prayed for all the ghosts at the, in, in the store. And, and so we're going to show a video later on about nah. <laughs> but he's the guy, uh, amazing marketplace minister. He, he doesn't leave the kingdom of God in church, but takes it out into the marketplace uh, to the spheres of influence that God has given him. So amazing. Uh, we have all of these amazing uh, marketplace ministers and saints in the house. Uh, we are jumping into a new series called Rebuilding Bridges. It's based on the book um, Bait of Satan by John Bevere. And one of the things as, you know, we're doing worship this morning, God was speaking a lot of different things. And one of the things Pastor Zach was talking about was surrender, to give up, to surrender uh, and to sacrifice and to listen to God. Um, when Joyce came up, she shared that, that God wanted to, for us to surrender and to give up so that we can see who God is. And the message this morning is all about releasing and giving God our offenses and our, our, uh, the things that has held us back in our lives, the different uh, things that have happened to us or the different, uh, even the guilt that we hold against ourselves. It's offense that the enemy uses to uh, steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. And so as I was worshiping in the back there, I heard all these different themes of what God was doing. And I, I really feel God wants to do a divine exchange with you this morning. That some of you are holding things, different offenses, different hurts that from the past, and you have every right to hold on to them. But when you hold on to something, your hand is closed. And I just had this picture as I was sitting back there that there's a lot of people that are worshiping, but they're worshiping with their, their fists closed because they don't want to release the different offenses and hurts that have happened in the past. And this morning, if you have the faith, and if you want to release and surrender those things to God, there will be an exchange where you give up those hurts and those offenses, and in exchange, God will give you his healing, but also a ministry through the offense that you give up. And so, um, so we're going to go through that this morning. We're going to talk about the dangerous trap of offense, the root that causes offense, and then the plan to escape uh, that trap. And so we're Let's, uh, let's read the, this first scripture from 1 Peter 5, 8. Let's read it together at the count of three. One, two, three. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 
you as a Christian are not opponentless. You have somebody that wants to steal, kill, and destroy what God has placed in your life. And we're going to look at one of the main strategies that, this, that the enemy uses to, to do that in our lives. Can we, can we pray this morning? God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. God, thank you that you want to do a divine exchange with us this morning. God, your grace is here. Those that have been struggling with bitterness and with offense, God, you, it's impossible for us to release a lot of different things that have happened in our lives that do go really deep. But God, your, your spirit is here and your presence is here. And God, I pray that you would give us faith to know that you can work deep within our hearts so that we can release these things to you. And as we open our hands and release these things to you, that you'll give us a divine exchange, that you'll open up new seasons in our lives, new ministries for us to walk in, new levels of faith as we release the past to you, God, that you will open up our future. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said... Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, How many of you know a good hunter? How many of you are a good hunter? Jeff, Jeff, he's raising his hand. Can we throw up a picture? Uh, No. No? No, not that one. That's a bad hunter. This is Jeff. Jeff is a good... Everybody say hi, Jeff. That's a nice buck. I was looking for a deer like that a couple weeks ago, and I stayed at Poli's. I was telling Mike this morning. I stayed at Poli's from 5 in the morning to 5 at night, and I saw nothing. How long did it take you to catch this thing? How many hours? Three hours. I was up there for 12 hours. I couldn't find anything. He's up there for three hours and gets this thing. A good hunter, there's skill in hunting, right? You got to know the direction of the wind. You have to know the pattern of the deer. You you need to know where they go, uh, the time that they get there. When we went to police, I was like, okay, we got to get there early because the wind's going to be coming down. And, you, you know, I'm trying to calculate everything, and I didn't see a single thing. And, and you know what is irritating is that you can hear them barking, and then you go toward where they're barking, and then you hear them barking, like, behind you. It's like they know exactly where I am, and I'm making all kind of noise, and I'm trying to, like, walk where they can't hear me, and they're just laughing at me the whole time. Um, but a hunter knows the pattern of the the animal that they're coming after. And for all of us, we have a hunter. We have somebody, and one thing that a hunter is is very patient. They'll just wait for the right opportunity, and then they'll take the animal out when it's the perfect condition. And we have an enemy that it says in Scripture that he is like a roaring lion, and he seeks for someone to devour. He's looking to steal, kill, and destroy. And he has certain tactics and strategies to take us out. And I've seen him take so many believers out over the years. And, and by the grace of God, uh, I learned how to release offense and bitterness because that was the one thing that I saw take out more believers than anyone else because when we get together in church, we get close to one another. And how many of you know that church is not a perfect place? I, I've heard people say, I want to go to a church that 
fits me. I want, I want to go to a church that's perfect. And the minute that you walk into a church, it becomes imperfect because you're not a perfect person. And everybody sitting around you is not perfect either. And so we're all surrounded by flawed, imperfect individuals. And one of the things that the enemy does is he divides through offense. Somebody says something that you don't like. Somebody says something that you interpret wrongly. Somebody says something or acts in a way that rubs you wrong. And all of a sudden, it's like, I can't stand that person. How could that person say that? How could that person believe that? How could that person treat me like that? And then all of a sudden, it starts driving a wedge between you and what God wants to do in your life. And so the dangerous trap of offense. The dangerous trap of offense. Everyone say offense. Offense comes from the Greek word scandalon. And scandalon, the translation for that word means trap. Isn't that interesting? Trap and snare. Offense translated means a trap and a snare. When you get offended, when I get offended, what's really happening is we're walking into a trap and we're walking into a snare of the enemy, the hunter that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. Let's read this scripture together. This is from 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. 1, 2, 3. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sake in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Unforgiveness is a result of us not understanding this tactic of the enemy that works not just against you, but against the person that you hold a grudge against. Not only is this a spiritual, uh, a spiritual thing, but it's a, it's a very physical thing as well. Um, there's tons of studies that have been done on the effects of unforgiveness and bitterness. Uh, th these are just two, um, but this is from uh, to, to saint and lawyer. And uh, one is called forgiveness and health, the age differences in a U.S. probability sample from the Journal of Adult Development. And it says that forgiveness may be related to overall well-being, physical health, and psychological health. The researchers found that individuals who were more forgiving experience better mental physical health compared to those who are less forgiving. The Lawler um, study was called The Unique Effects of Forgiveness on Health and Exploration of Pathways, and it showed that forgiveness had an indirect effect on health through various pathways such as decreased anger, stress, and hostility. How many of you would want decreased anger, stress, and host hostility in your, in your life? Um, it says that researchers have observed that unforgiveness can be associated with various negative health effects such as increased stress levels, high blood pressure, anxiety, depression, and even a weakened immune system. All of these things are associated with unforgiveness and, and bitterness. So what unforgiveness and caring offense actually is, it's like drinking poison expecting the other person to die. Have you heard that before? That's a very famous saying of unforgiveness. But unforgiveness is drinking poison, expecting that the person that you're upset with will, will, will die. 
Satan uses this trap of offense and it works. It short circuits not just our health, but it short circuits our calling and it also short circuits our relationship with, with God. So what are the root causes of offense? Let's read Galatians 6, 1 uh, together. One, two, three. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest he also be tempted. Um, pride and our own rights is the one thing that is the root of all forgiveness. Unforgiveness. You know why kids are so good at forgiving? They're so good at forgiving because they don't have rights. They don't feel they have rights. And so they're, they're very quick to forgive. But as soon as we feel like the world owes us something, and sometimes the world does owe us something, and what has been done to us is unjust, but if we cling to our rights and we hold on to our rights, we become a perfect victim for Satan to release his strategy of offense, that trap, when we hold on to our rights. Holding on to our rights is the foundation of offense, even if the rights are rightly owed to us. It's only when we release those rights that offense cannot have a foothold in our lives. Um, I know a lot of you know the story of how uh, African people would catch monkeys. How many of you know the story of how African people catch monkeys? Raise your hand, Mifi. Oh, so not a lot of you. Would you guys like to know how African people catch monkeys? They drill a hole in a coconut that, that is just big enough for a monkey to reach his hand within the coconut to grab the meat of the coconut, and when he grabs the meat of the coconut, he can't pull his hand out. And so they have the coconut in a field that's tied to a stake that has a hole that's small enough for the monkey to stick his hand in, grab the meat, but then he can't get out. And then the hunter comes, walks straight up to the monkey with a hammer, knocks the monkey on the head, and then takes the monkey away. And all the monkey needed to do to get away from the hunter was to let go and pull his hand out of the coconut. But a lot of times, we're that monkey. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a monkey. Because we hold on to our rights. We hold on to what we feel is owed to us. When somebody speaks to us wrong, we feel like, you shouldn't talk to me like that. You shouldn't treat me like that. Why did you take money from me and you didn't pay me back, you owe me that money, or you owe this to me, and we hold on to our rights, and when we hold on to our rights, it becomes a snare, and the enemy just walks right up to us with his hammer and knocks us over the head because we won't let go. The divine exchange is in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against them. And as we forgive and we release something happens between our relationship with God. Amen? Don't fight for your rights. Lay your rights down. This is, this is a really awesome scripture. I love this scripture. John 13, 3 through 5. And it's not in your notes, 
I don't think it's in your notes. Oh, it is? Okay. Um, so this is Jesus, and Jesus, this is the, the, the story of Jesus coming in, and he washes his disciples' feet. And it says this leading into that. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God. Everybody say, come from God. And he was going to God. He rose up. So it says Jesus knew, that, knew this about himself, that he came from God. He came from heaven. He left everything that defined who he was. He was, the, he was God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he came from God as deity. And he knew he was going back to God. So he was higher in status, higher in honor, higher in everything. If there's anybody that owed anything, that was owed anything, it was Jesus, right? So he had everything. He was owed everything. He came from God. He was going to God. So what did he do? This is what he did. It said, he rose from supper. He laid aside his garments took a towel, girded himself, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Isn't that awesome? He used the confidence of his position in Christ not to hold on to his rights, but to lay his rights down to serve. And back then, the only people who washed the feet of travelers was the slaves. It was the lowest status, it was the lowest job that you could do in those days was to wash the feet of somebody that just came from a long trip and their feet are all gnarly and dirty and gross and, I don't know, what? Icky, yeah. And he, knowing that he came from God and was going to God, knelt down and washed the disciples' feet That's, that's the character of the Lord that we serve. That's the character of the Lord that we model our lives for. As disciples of Christ, this is the model that we strive to attain, is that we are children of the Most High God. We know where we came from. We know who our Father is. We know we're going back to Him, and we're going to be with Him forever, and in the identity of knowing that he is our father, he's called us to serve and to lay down our lives and not hold on to our rights, but to lay them down. Amen? The plan for escape. Let's read this scripture together. One, two, three. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. This is just a couple things out of that scripture. Watch what you say. Forgiveness gets hard when you talk about the people that bother you. How many of you have experienced that? Somebody irritates you, and then as you are irritated, you just got to talk about it. So you find somebody that will get mad with you, 
partner in your bitterness, and then you vomit all over them, and then they're like, what? I can't believe that person did that. Yeah, can you believe that? And then the more that you talk, what happens? Are you filled with forgiveness and love for that person? No, it just gets like deeper and deeper entrenched in your emotions. And so it says, put away from yourself clamor, talk, 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 and evil speaking, put it away from you with all malice. Don't be, don't be uh, hesitant, be aggressive in putting away spe evil speaking and clamor because it does something to your heart when you give into that and you start talking about it. Um, Colossians 3.12, it says this, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humblest of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity. Everyone say charity. Charity. Put on love. It doesn't say to wait until you feel love. You put it on. It's an active thing. Like, you, you put on love, even if you don't feel like it, which is the bond of perfection. Um, I really liked Pastor Eddie last week. I mean, I like him all the time, but last week I really liked him. When he listed out all the things that Sharina and her kids did to him. Because, <laughs> you know, Sharina, she just offends really easily. She said that God has to bring me down, you know, but she's already down because have you seen how tall she is? It, um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that they did at my dad's house, and he listed it all down, it, you know, that they clogged his drain, they ate all his food, they, they, he cooked dinner for them, and he wanted to eat dinner with them, and they ate all the food and then left him with nothing, and he was like all bummed that, you know, he was going to eat alone. But that's Sharina, you know. <laughs> and then after he listed all this stuff down, he said, but I forgave them. And I'm grateful that I have a family to be upset at. And, and I thought, that's my dad. And I went home, and one of Sharina's kids pushed a, a, a thermos water bottle off of my staircase, and it fell onto my uh, I just hard floored my house, deluxe vinyl flooring, and it made a big puka in my floor. And I remembered my dad listing out all the stuff and saying, I'm so grateful that I have a family to be upset at. And then I was like, that's not my family. <laughs> no. No. I, I said, I, I, I'm so grateful that Sharina came over and... Uh, But it's something that's really amazing, you know, that I, I, I learned is that when you list out, when my dad listed out all those offenses and then he, he verbalized all the things that happened and said, but I love you anyway, it just makes you feel good, right? And there's a power, like, in verbalizing the things that you could have offense. Don't stuff it and say, like, oh, that's nothing. I shouldn't feel upset, like, list it all out, maybe you don't tell the person, but list it all out and then say, but I love you anyway, and I'm grateful that I have someone to love in my life that gives me this much grief. <laughs> it's, 
yeah, kind of, right? Um, I'm going to call Sharina up. She's going to share, share a story. She, let's, let's not, because let's not, if you say something, I'm going to have to say something back. So let's just be nice. You're getting the microphone. Share your story. I, I love my sister. She's... All right. I was going to say stuff about John, but I thought I would, I mean, there's so much material that I could say about John. But actually, he asked me to share about a situation of offense, and I love pickleball. Have, how do you, any of you guys know what pickleball is? It's like the coolest, fastest growing sport in America. Anyways, when I was in Michigan, I got started playing pickleball, and as a beginner, I ended up on a court with three men that were very advanced and good players, and I stepped on the court, and they're like, Maui, you actually want to play with us? And I was like, okay. And they're like, you sure? And I was like, yes. I jumped on, and they pelted me with the ball. I probably got hit like six times in the game. And I came home, and I was so mad. I was like almost to tears with Ryan. And I was like, I am going to figure this game out. So I YouTubed, figured out the whole thing. And then a couple months later, I went back, and I like whipped them all. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm so happy. Like That was my goal. And then Ryan decided to show up and see what I've been talking about all these months. And he's like, you are ridiculous. These are like 70-year-old guys with like <laughs> braces on their knees, braces on their elbows. These are the guys you're talking about that picked on you and you're there whacking them with the balls and stuff. But it's a very fun game. You should all play it. But anyways, I got so into pickleball that um, I play a lot and I run tournaments in Michigan, in our city and in our club. There's hundreds of players now. And every Friday I teach new people how to play. Um, so a bunch of my friends started playing and this one girl and her dad just loved it, got the itch, got addicted, started playing tournaments. They became really great players. But then when they came back to our club, like every time they came to our club, they were like total jerks. And I'm like, I wish I never taught these people to play because they're stinking up our whole, our whole thing. And like one time the guy jumped across the net and started yelling at an opponent because he called the ball that was out in or something. And they just were constantly making trouble to the point that when I came to the club and I saw their cars in the parking lot, I would go home. And I'm like, I don't want to interact with them. I don't want to play with them. I don't want to be all upset at the end of the day. So I would avoid them. And I, I noticed that my mental space was being taken up by all these offenses, all this stuff. It even affected my sleep that night. I think because I, I felt responsible, like I brought these people into the club. Um, so I was like, okay, Lord, I need you. I need your power because this is affecting my health. This is affecting my mind. And this is something that only God can do. Like if you think I'm going to forgive and let this go because uh, it's going to be good for me, it's hard to do. Like I think that's the miracle and power of Jesus Christ is that he can change your heart and change your life when you cannot do that, and nobody else can do that. So I was like, okay, Lord, I need you to do your thing again and, like, work in my heart, work in my life. And a few days later, God said, um, I run this tournament once a year in our city, and people from all over the state come over and play uh, pickleball. And these guys were like, eh, our tournament is junk. We want to play nationals. We want to play all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, you guys are such stinkers. But then they asked me for a T-shirt from our tournament. And I was like, I'm not giving them a shirt. <laughs> they don't deserve it. And then God was like, give them a shirt. Like, pay for it yourself. Give them a shirt. And like, this is your way to forgive and let go. So I wrapped up the shirt. I made a card. And I kept it in my bag. 
and I wouldn't give it to them. <laughs> like, like for a week, I saw them and I was like, no, Lord, I cannot, I cannot. And then finally, God was like, you need to, like, today is the day, give it to them. So I walked in, and um, the girl was sitting by herself waiting to get into a game, and I thought, okay, this is my chance. So I went over to her, and I gave her the shirt, and I just said, hey, how you doing? And I gave her the shirt, and then God just opened her heart to me um, in that situation. And she shared that her mom was in the hospital with COVID, and it looked like she was at the end. And she's a 50-year-old lady, super healthy, and she said she got COVID, and they've been at her bedside every day. So I had a chance to pray with her. And minister to her. And then three days later, her mom passed away. And I thought, I'm such a dummy. <laughs> like, I'm messing with, like, attitude and pride and selfishness. And, and she's dealing with her mom um, at her deathbed. And I'm just holding on to silly kinds of stuff. And, and I, I thank God that he spoke to me and said, make things right, minister and love her because there's so much more in the balance than our pride and how we feel. Um, I don't know, there. <laughs> but John asked me, we were talking about this and he asked me, he goes, so did they change? Like were they nicer? Like with everything that they went through, were they, and I was like, they didn't change actually. <laughs> like they're still jerks. <laughs> They still come out and they're jerks. But what has changed is I have changed. And I have released. And I cannot control them. I cannot change them. That's between them and God. But between me and God, my heart is pure. My heart is open. And I see that everybody is going through something else. You don't know what's going on in someone else's life and why they might behave the way that they do. Um, and then, But for me, I'm responsible to keep my heart pure and clean before God, because I want to be used by him. And if I'm filled with junk, he can't flow through me and use me and speak to me. All that gets muddled up. So it's not for them. It's for me, because God um, wants to, cares about me and loves me. Thank you, Sharina. How many of you can identify with that, that there's a lot of times that there's people in your life that might rub you the wrong way and it's hard to get along with them. It's hard to release your rights and release those offenses because it's owed to us, but the blessing is so much greater than the offense. I want to close by reading a scripture from Job 42. And this is, uh, and I don't think this is in your notes. Um, but Job 42, this is after Job's friend, Job was going through a, a very difficult time. And as he was going through this difficult time, his friends came and said, the reason why you're going through this tough time is because you haven't been living right. You've been doing this wrong and that wrong. And how many of you would have good friends like that, that point out all of your mistakes whenever you're going through something bad? That's what he was going through. And at the end, God said, you haven't spoken right of my servant Job. And he said, if, if Job doesn't pray for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy you. And, and he, how many of you would, you know, if, if God said that to the situation in your life, you'd say, go for it, God. Vengeance is yours. Take him out. But he, he, he said, 
If Job prays for you, I'll forgive you. And Jesus said kind of the same thing to us when he left. He said, if you retain sin, sins will be retained. If you forgive, it will be forgiven. He puts authority in our lives to release offense. And this is a scripture. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but from Job 42, verse 10, it says, And the Lord restored to Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And he did this when he prayed for his friends. Everyone say, when he prayed for his friends. When there was forgiveness, God not only forgave the offender, but promoted the offended. And if you look throughout scripture, the pathway to promotion is through forgiveness of offense. Joseph was offended, and he became the leader of Egypt when he forgave his brothers that put him in prison. Jesus, he was highly exalted after he went to a cross and suffered a death that he didn't deserve. In every single one of our lives, Paul, he lists all the offenses, all the stripes that he received, and he counted those as badges of authority because he realized that the offense that we as believers go through is actually our pathway to promotion. It's our pathway to spiritual authority that in all of our lives, he allows us to go through certain offenses and certain challenges. And if we walk in the path of our Lord and we release these offenses, they actually become promotions into a new level of authority that God wants to give his people to minister. And so instead of just looking at offenses as like, this person owes me this, and I was unjustly treated. If we look at that through the lens of every passage of scripture and every man and woman of God in scripture, they all went through offense. And offense was the pathway to promotion when they released those things and gave it to God. And, th- and you might be here this morning, and there might be things that you're going through today. And God wants to make an exchange with you this morning. He wants to give you his authority. He wants to give you his peace. He wants to give you his presence. And the only thing that you need to give him is the junk that you're holding on to. And if you're willing to give him that junk, if you're willing to give him the offense, if you're willing to give him your rights and say, I don't want to hold on to my rights anymore. I want to release these things to you. God will give you a peace that comes from him and him alone. Amen? How many of you want to do that this morning? Why don't we all stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. God, I just thank you, Lord, that you're here this morning. Lord, thank you for the word that you've spoken to our hearts. And God, the promotions that you want to bring and that you want to do a divine exchange with us this morning. God, we pray, we, we come before you with humble hearts, knowing that we cannot release things on our own power. 
but we thank you for the forgiveness and the love and the grace that you've given to us, even though we don't deserve it. And even as we took communion this morning and partook of your broken body and, and the blood that was shed for our sins, as we receive and we become a part of your family, God, you've commissioned us to represent you, that the same forgiveness that you've given to us, Lord, you have planted us within this world to be ambassadors of you. Lord, the early church was called Christians or many Christs because they lived as you lived. And God, may it be so with us that in our communities and our spheres of influence, Lord, that we would lay down our rights, that we would release our rights to you, that we would give you our, offen our offenses, and in turn, God, that you would give us your power. If you're holding on to an offense this morning, if there's bitterness that's working in your heart, and it's getting in between you and God, it's, it's getting, it's affecting your sleep, it's affecting your mental, your mental health, and you want to release those things to God, just repeat this prayer after me. So, dear Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. And I thank you that even as I was a sinner, that you died for me. You didn't hold on to your rights, but you released your rights to the Father. And you forgave me. And you call me as your disciple to live the same and to release my rights. So I come before you this morning and I give these rights to you. I give my rights to you. And those who have offended me, I release them in Jesus' name. And I receive from you this morning your peace and your power to forgive and to be a light Help me to represent you well, to be a light in the darkness. Help many people to come to know you through my life. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I want to I leave you with a benediction. If you want to... Uh, Lift your hands, close your eyes, meditate on uh, this benediction as you're sent out into the community this week. This comes from Psalms 37, 1 through 11. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from your anger and forsake your wrath. Do not fret, it only causes you harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. May God bless you, and have a good week.